Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. Learn from extraordinary leaders and get a behind-the-scenes look at what it truly takes to become a network marketing hero. On this week's episode... Uh, old school techniques which always work and they still work now and it's amazing that people don't utilize it but I just wrote lists and I just called people and I said let's meet for a coffee and, and then I started really using my social media and stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools at blissbusiness.com all right everybody this is Richard Brooke in Coeur d'Alene Idaho Hero call number 75 every two weeks on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock Pacific time. We interview somebody that has built an extraordinary four-year career, somebody that has dedicated themselves to one company, uh, focused leadership, somebody that has uh, posted the numbers that are required to create momentum, get your car over the hill, and then fan those numbers for a couple of years and let geometric progressions, the eighth wonder of the world, kick in and build them an empire. We look for people that have built an ethical organization, no hype, no exaggeration, no manipulation, people that follow the bliss business philosophies of, hey, let's Let's bring integrity and honor and trust to the profession of network marketing. Let's do it right. Let's tell the truth. Let's treat people with honor and dignity. Let's not argue with them. Let's not manipulate them. Uh, let's not make them wrong for having a job. God bless the people that have a job because we need them. And, of course, some of us have decided to just be entrepreneurs so I gotta I gotta say up front that the people that we interview on a hero call are extraordinary. They are the exception. I think probably all of you know that uh, they are not the norm. People occasionally ask me, "What does the average person in network marketing earn?" And the answer to that's really simple: nothing. Average people don't earn anything in network marketing. It is you know they might earn a few hundred dollars a month, but uh, you know, building a residual income empire, building an asset income along the lines of the four-year career takes extraordinary effort, vision, self-motivation, leadership, work ethic, takes patience, it takes a sense of urgency, it takes honor. Uh, and, you know, most people just don't have that. They don't have, they don't have that motivation to be able to work really hard for a couple of years without a great deal of remuneration so that on the backside they can enjoy extraordinary remuneration where maybe they're, you know, coasting or resting or doing something else that fascinates them in life because they've built an extraordinary asset. So tonight we have uh, a beautiful opportunity to interview uh, a lady from the UK. It's 2 o'clock in the morning over there. She's got to leave at 5 o'clock, just three hours from now, to go to a big event in London. 
She is a Juice Plus leader, one of my favorite companies in the industry. Fantastic products, been around for, gosh, maybe 40 years now. Um, Jay Martin, the owner, a great guy, Jeff Roberti, master distributor, you know, one of the icons in our profession. His nickname is the $50 million man because he has just stayed probably with one now. company. <laughs> he's over 100 now, probably, yes. Yeah. You know, he stayed with one company for 40 years and just built a global empire, stayed with a company through thick and thin. You know, Juice Plus had lots of years, maybe even a decade where, you know, it didn't look like they were going to be an extraordinary company all the time. Every company that's been around that long has its ups and downs, and Jeff stuck in there uh, based on commitment and honor and leadership and built a team and led his team to just the most extraordinary success story, I think, in our industry. And Sinead Cavanaugh has her own extraordinary story. This is the first time she's ever done network marketing. She's just completing her fourth year, and I want you to listen as we roll this interview out as to how she just nailed it. I mean, she just crushed the four-year career right on the numbers. So to, to start, Sinead, tell us how you first heard about Juice Plus. Who was it that told you about it? How did you know that person? And what did they say to you that had you say, okay, I'll take a look? You know, it's a funny story. Thank you, first of all, by the way, um, for allowing me on. It's such an honor, and I'm, I'm nervous, so I'm really excited. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> no um, nervous for, today. I, just, just roll. Let's have some fun. <laughs> so I was, you know, it's really funny because I was introduced to the product months, months, months before um, I knew there was a business behind it. And I feel like for me, I'm a very businessy person. I love numbers. Um, I feel like that had to be the way that I would have been introduced to Juice Plus because I don't think I would have taken it half as seriously as I, as I have um, if I just was introduced to the business. But it was a friend of my sister. My sister bought products and it's, you know, it's a health product and it, you know, a sister thing. You don't want your sister to look better than you. So I was like, I want some of that as well. And um, I, I just kind of joined the, the product experience through her. And then it was one of her friends when we were out wedding dress shopping for my sister who, who said, yeah, well, I'm part of this team and this business. And I was like, what? And I remember just thinking, oh, of course. Like I'd heard of network marketing. I didn't think it was a real thing. I'm not going to lie. And um, I used to just, you see the same adverts on, you know, the internet and, and money from home. And I thought, yeah, right. If it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Of course, we now know it's not that easy. But I just, I, I'm so grateful for the way that I was introduced. I don't think I'd have taken it half as seriously as I have. Um, because I, I, didn't, I don't think I knew that I needed something. I was kind of, I felt like I was doing okay. So I was 25 years old. I had already worked my way up into um, a, in a sales position in a sales company, um, which had its own story, I suppose. And um, I, I felt like I was successful in, in the terms of what successful was. Like I was earning really good money, but I was always tired. I was gaining weight from being, always, like for being unhealthy and, and not 
looking after myself. And I used to think that it was one or the other. Like I used to think you would either earn really good money and be drained and not enjoy your job, or you would love your job, but you'd sacrifice lifestyle. I just did not think that the two were the same thing. And that's, I think, something that I've learned over the years through my parents always working um, really, really hard for us. But um, yeah, I was introduced that way, and I'm really grateful for it, but I didn't take it seriously <laughs> for quite a while. So, Sinead, <laughs> Have you I, I, need to, I need to drill down on, because one of the things I like to do is uh, distinguish for the listeners the textbook presentation that enrolled yes. the heroes in the vision of building an empire. And so I think I've explained it this way a few times. If I were to interview a thousand people that had built a great empire network marketing, and I were to ask them, what was exactly said to you that had you say, wow, yeah, let me take a look at this. I think my experience anyway is that what is said to people never follows the company script, whatever somebody is teaching you to say. That's not what enrolled the biggest business builders. It's usually something like, and if I can remember what you said, your sponsor said, I'm part of this team and this business. Was that his pitch? It was her, yeah. Do you know what? I don't even think it was that. She was, she just, she was pretty new. Like she'd been in the, she'd been part of the, the business for a couple of months. And actually I, it was, it was a non-pitch. I what did telling, she say? I was, talking to my sister, I was talking to my sister about the product and she sort of like jumped in the conversation saying, oh, how are you getting on? And I thought, wow, were you on it too? And she said, yeah, like Kaylee bought it from me. And I went, oh, and she said, yeah, I'm part of this business. And I was like, oh, I want to do it. Okay, stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so her power line, she should write a book. She should write a book on how to capture people's imagination. Because what she said <laughs> to you is, I'm part of this business. It's crazy, oh, honestly, isn't it? And do you know what? The craziest part was, I was so keen. I was like, oh, can I do this as well? And she was so new, she didn't know how to sign me up. So she was like, yeah, like, we'll do it on Monday. And I was like, let's do it now. And <laughs> she didn't know what to do. And then her upline, who is now a really good friend of mine, was kind of unavailable. Her daughter was really poorly at the time. So then she, I was waiting for someone to call me, and I was like, no one's calling me. This is a joke. So I was ringing the head office, and I was like, hey, I want to join. No one's calling me. And they were like, we'll get someone to call you back. And I thought, okay. So someone called me back, and they're like, hey, who do you know? So I said, I know this girl called Sally. They were like, okay, we'll get Sally to call you. I was like, Sally has called me, but she doesn't know what to do. Like, we just want to get started. So it was really strange. And not to this day, I've not had one person join my business like that. So it was definitely strange. Yes, and so she wanted to put you off for a few days, and you weren't having any of that. That's really ex extraordinary, Sinead. So tell us. Yeah, I rang, then, I rang the head office in Milan. <laughs> I was ringing Italy, trying to translate into Italian. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I was pretty keen, to say the least. But I really think that came from the, the way that I was such organically in love with the product. Like it just would not have yeah. happened the other way around. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so tell us, how did you get started? Like, what was your first 90 days like? 
how did you launch? How many people did you enroll? And if you enrolled a lot, where, how did you get trained to do that? Or did you get trained? Did you just use blind enthusiasm? What was your first 90 days like? So I feel like my first 90 days in this business, when I really think about it, it just takes me back to my life before Juice Plus. So I, like well, many years ago, I'm 29, about 10 years ago when I was studying at university, I studied marketing. And when I studied my marketing degree, I graduated into a recession. So never to this day, I've never ever once had a marketing job. Like, and marketing's changed so much in 10 years that it would be pointless giving me one anyway. And one of my lecturers said to me, you need to get good at sales. If you want a job, you need to get good at sales. I remember thinking, I've spent three years at university, load, I'm in debt, and you're just telling me to get a sales job. It's ridiculous. But that's exactly what I did, and that's pretty much my whole life. Since, uh, you know, since I've been working full-time, I've been in sales. So I love, and I love sales. Like, I really do. Like, I love the, the connection. I love people. I've done door-to-door -door sales, telesales. Like, I love people. I love figuring out what it is people need, what, you know, how you can help them. So for me, my first 90 days was exactly that. I was like, I am registered now. I have an ID. I love this product. This business is awesome. I didn't even know there was bonuses or anything. Like, I didn't even look at I didn't, because I, I had like my corporate, my corporate knowledge, which was you work hard, you get paid. I didn't even think, I didn't even know about residual income. <laughs> and I look back and I think I must have been stupid, but I didn't even know about residual income. I just knew that the products were really cool and I liked the idea behind it and I wanted to earn some extra money. And that was as far as my knowledge went. So my wow. first 90 days, I just shared that with everyone. I think I enrolled about 20 people. Wow, that's awesome. I was just sharing the product, and I hit four, I think, four positions up in my business. And I just thought I was, I was kind of floating. I thought I was awesome. And, um, I, yeah, I had a big ego hit, and then I, I very quickly got humbled back to reality. But my first 90 days was, was just energy and just love of everything. So where did you find the people to talk to? And when you... When you got in front, front of somebody, what did you say to them? Uh, we had these little, you know, it was the, the really kind of old, uh, old school techniques which always work and they still work now and it's amazing that people don't utilize it. But I just wrote lists and I just called people and I said, let's meet for a coffee. And, and then I started really using my social media. And I remember my very first post, I, wrote, I actually would never recommend anyone to do this because I lost a lot of friends on Facebook, but... I'm going to be completely transparent. My first post was the, one of the stupidest mistakes I made in trying to build my, my own integrity, I suppose. Um, I, I tagged loads of my friends <laughs> in a post. And uh, I lost about 20 friends in about 20 minutes <laughs> because and you, and I was just banning people. What did I you post? I just posted kind of like how much I love. It was really disgusting. <laughs> I, think, I really love these products and you need them in your life. And yeah. I was just oh, like you. euphoric. I was so excited. And I just was like, everyone needs this. Do you know like the really cringe, really awful post? That was me, definitely. Yeah. And, Do you still um, have it? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think it lasts awesome. the next day. I was like, I need to get rid of this quick. Um, and, then, and then when I was, it kind of, it burnt me a bit because then 
I had, you know, my list of people that I was kind of building my warm market. And then I was getting in touch with them. They were like, we know why you're calling us. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so I kind of like, I made, definitely made some mistakes early on. Um, but then I just really kind of started getting smart with it. Like one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one is great when you can keep your attitude and your energy. But then I was, I was working 50 hours a week already. So that these, my, my high-energy moments were in my lunch break when other people were also on their lunch break so they didn't necessarily want to talk to me or in the evening where people are winding down and even though those are still actually the key parts of building my business are always those peak times um i just found that i was i was exhausting myself mentally and i was losing my attitude quite quickly so then i just went to social media and then i just started thinking okay i need to harness this and i need to build community and I need to help people and show value. And I feel like that's been, that was kind of where the, the changes happened for me. I, I definitely started off spammy. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, even though, you know, it didn't, it didn't kill my business, but it, did, it, didn't hurt, it, it didn't help me either. Like I have people now who are joining my business only now, after four years, who could have probably joined four years ago, but they were waiting to see, what I was going to do because I really, I lost that connection instantly and I had to, I've worked really hard to build it back up. Um, yeah. So really strange. But yeah, it was, okay. the first few months were interesting. <laughs> All right. So tell us what you learned about social media that worked because according to this, you personally enrolled a hundred people in your first year. Now, were, yeah. some of those were some of those customers or were they all business Most builders? Most of them. Or Most customers. of them are customers. Yeah, I found, what I found was that the initial phase of my, my initial excitement of you need to join in this and be my friend and, and let's build a team together. And it doesn't really, I didn't know what I was doing. And I wasn't, I wasn't qualifying people in terms of people that I really wanted to work with. And that sounds awful. But they, we just didn't have the same values. So... It was actually about five months into my business, I found out I was pregnant. And I just had, you know, you talk about this a lot through your podcast when people have their aha moments. And that was definitely one of my first aha moments when I thought this is, you know, my life is changing and this can really help me give, give me the life that I really want. Like what kind of parent do I want to be? Um, so just through that aha moment, I really started utilizing my social media a lot. And I remembered how easy it was for me to just say yes, because I loved the product. And I was like, why am I trying to turn this into something that I don't know? Like, I knew I loved the product. So all I needed to do was show people that, and then they could make the decision the way that I did. And it was, I think um, people thought it was kind of like the really slow approach, but it really wasn't. Like my business, it grew so fast from just really kind of giving people that, that way in where they could really make the choice of, of whether they loved it or not. I just, <laughs> I felt like as well when I was pregnant, I was losing my attitude quickly. <laughs> and if people, I, I didn't have, I can teach people all day long how to use social media, how to build, how to do three-way calls, how to do an event. I can't teach people how to take a product if they're not willing to do that for themselves or to look after right. their health if they're not willing to put that first. So for me, when I was pregnant, that was kind of one of my non-negotiables. People had to be a product for the product for me. 
Um, and as I did that, my customers were loving the products. I, you know, it massively um, built my business. I went from, for example, there was, there was a 60-day period where I went from four uh, leader legs to 14 in like two months. And they're so all tell customers, us, and they're all still in my business now. Okay, so Sinead, tell, give us some, some specific training. Tell us, what did you actually do on social media? So when... Most people, when they hear, oh, I built it on social media, you know, there are, there are companies, there are products that are built by people getting on their Facebook page and just blasting about their products, which most of us would consider to be a faux pas. But there's some companies yeah. that actually built that way. How did you build, what did you do on social media? How exactly did you do it? How did you end up? getting in front of people and, and telling them about the product? Well, I think um, the, the way I use social media isn't the way that I think when people think of, of social media for network marketing. Like, obviously, I have my Facebook and I post on my Facebook and there's, there's engagement, all the, the you know, really standard stuff. But for me, the real, the real driver behind social media was the community I was creating inside our, our social media group which is completely private, and it allows people to be their authentic self when they show up. And I was so really vulnerable, and I was just myself. The, tell us about the private Facebook group. So what did you so do we, on that that inspired people? So I have different groups, and my, my business structure is really simple, and it has been the same since the beginning. So I have my team group. We have our customer groups. I have my leaders group. And we're, it's just, there's so much engagement in that group all the time where it really builds community and it allows people to get to know one another and create friendships because for me that, that really has to be the whole point of, of everything. Like everything in life is about community. I love people, so I want to bring people together. I, you know, that's kind of how every, everything in my business kind of just grew from this love of everyone has with each other. So, so what, what did you actually do? So have, when, you have a closed, when you have a closed group, and you go in to yeah. post on that group, what kind of stuff would you post? Or what, would you, what opportunities would you look for to comment? Like how did you nurture that group specifically? So for my customers, so for example, because with Juice Plus it's a, a, a health product. So for my customer group, that was specifically focused around everything to do with health and wellness and everything to do with feeling good and being confident. So there would be quotes, there would be um, sharing videos, sharing like TED Talks, show everything that you would, like if you were sharing something to your best friend, it was that kind of environment. It was just very, very informal. Like it was nothing to do with business. There was never a, who wants to join our team? Like it's all about just giving advice and having like open Q&A or and it, it kind of it it really took over a form of its own and people were sharing recipes and they were giving advice to one another and and especially because there's lots of mums and lots of women and um, like we don't need an excuse to gossip and talk so <laughs> it was really easy for people to to really kind of engage with each other and once people were engaging with each other they kind of joined themselves like people kind of created their own, they decided themselves they were raving fans just of the group. I'd have people say, like, I just love the group. Like, the, everything else is a bonus. Like, the group is so good. So people so did were you, becoming did you raving invite, fans. Did you invite prospective customers to join the group? 
Initially, no, but more recently we have done because just because there's nothing, you know, there's, there's nothing, um, there's no harm done to your business by helping people, whether there's a financial gain or not. But that's something I've learned over the years. At the beginning, you kind of, you, you do treat it like it's your little baby because, and if they're customers, then they can come in, and if they're not, then they can't. Um, and I was similar with my team groups. Like, if you're in my team, you can join my team group. But, and, you know, if you're not, you can't. Whereas now, I've, I've grown up a lot. And I understand that there really is no competition and there is abundance for everything. And it's just, comp- my mindset's completely different over the years, definitely. Um, okay. But yeah, no, so groups some, can be amazing. Give me something else specific here. So before you let customers into your group, how yeah. did you use social media to acquire customers? Tell us specifically how you did that. Very similar to, so, so, so the way I would describe it in terms of like a, um, from my sales kind of background, I just used to use it as a one-to-many form of communication. So instead of having one-to-one, one-to-one, like, hi, how are you? Um, I used to just kind of like be really open on my social media. And then I'd also invite people to join challenges or do you want to, who wants to find out about this? Or we have a group and we're doing a challenge all about having more water. And it, like, it's completely irrelevant to the product, but it's aligned with our mission as a company to inspire healthier living. And then people would say, hey, you know, that's something I really struggle with. So I'm like, okay, cool, come in. And if you want to invite a couple of friends, they can come in too, but it has to be, People have to willingly want themselves to be part of it because otherwise it, it would just be a, a, big, a big group that would be empty with content because people kind of add into themselves. I don't know if I'm yeah. explaining this very well. No, <laughs> I feel like I'm I, not explaining I'm just, that very well at all. I, you're very <laughs> enthusiastic, and I want to make sure people walk away with specific nuggets. So here's what I heard you say on your Facebook yeah. group, the way that you attract people that might be looking at you on Facebook, how you attract them to get to a place where they might inquire about the product is you provided a lot of non-product content on your site. And what I heard that I think is most important is you created a lot of challenges like, you know, who wants to up their water consumption for the next 30 days? And Let's, let's look at all this great interesting information about how hydration is so important and who wants to join a, a challenge to, you know, make sure we drink a gallon of water a day or, you know, who wants to eat fresh for a month and let's do a challenge. Anybody want to join in? That's what I heard you say that I think is magic, Sinead, is yeah, that it really people wow. want to join a movement they want to get better. They want to learn more. They want to, they want to get fitter more than they want to buy a product. Yeah. People it's, want the results, and they want to know that they're part of something that can get them that. And as well, I think everyone wants to be part of something. And um, the groups, you know, the groups work really well when we talk about things that have nothing to do with, with any of the above. So I remember once right. I, I, I do... I do sort of like random, uh, very open questions and people will engage. And it's amazing. Like you did it before this call, worked on the podcast bit where you were asking people where they're from. And then people, oh, I'm from there. And, 
And it, I used to do that in our group. So I used to post once every couple of weeks and say, hey, where's everyone from? And people would say, I'm from here. And then before you know it, someone would go, oh, my grandmother lives there. Or, oh, I have a friend who lives there. Do you know this street? And then people would start naturally engaging with one another. Because as adults, like, how else are we supposed to make friends? Like, it's, it's very different. So I used to do that. And there was um, two particular times I always remember. Once when I asked people what they did for a living, and I could not help but notice that it was like 95% of the people who were applying were in kind of caring roles. Either they were parents or they were nurses or they were carers. Or, and it was just really, it was really interesting that that is kind of the people that we had attracted into our group because they're caring for everyone, but they weren't necessarily caring for themselves. And that's why yeah. they felt like they needed the group. So then from that, we, I started adding some more sort of like self-love challenges, like make sure that you're getting enough sleep and, and like meditation. And again, nothing to do with the products that I sell, but it just gives that an extra added value to people to hopefully give them something that maybe they're a little bit missing. Um, and then my absolute, absolute favorite one was, um, it was like a, a bit of a weight loss challenge coming up to the summer. And I, I asked what, what people's, um, when people when the, the, the people of the group um, sort of visualized their end result, what is it they're doing it for? Because a lot of people, especially when it comes to wellness or health or weight loss, is we just decide upon these sort of numbers and they, we, we, we then give them value. And we you know, say, well, if I was that number, I would be happier. That's not a thing. You have to be happier first, otherwise it's all waste of time. And um, it re that really created the most interesting conversations. And I think it's, that's the whole point. It's creating community that gives the conversations. But one woman said that hers was that her husband works um, away in the army and he was in Iraq. And she wanted, when he came home, she wanted him to be able to pick her up. And it was just really emotional, as you can imagine. A group full of girls, we absolutely loved it. And, um, when she, and then a few weeks later, she posted a photograph of it because she'd achieved that. And it was just so nice. And it's things like that that really create a very special, a very different um, kind of group environment. It's not just, who, what have you eaten today? <laughs> that, that doesn't get anyone excited. I don't care how many pictures people put up of their lunch. It doesn't whip me into a frenzy. But it really made it more of a community, which is everything that our business is about. Yeah, that's really beautiful, brilliant, brilliant stuff. So, Sinead, tell us, uh, what's the biggest mistake you've made in your four years? Biggest mistake oh. that <laughs> cost you money, cost you health, cost you integrity, cost you relationships? What's the biggest mistake you've made? Uh, you know, uh, apart from the one at the beginning where I, I spammed my, um, my friends, I think yeah. the biggest mistake that I have made and I probably will make again is giving um, other people my, my power. <laughs> I can't tell, me, tell us about that. that. Explain it. Like just allowing people to drain you. Like it's, when we're in, we're in this business where we, sometimes you want it so much for someone else that we'd work harder for them than they do for themselves. And that's just not the way. Like, you can't – it's not fair on them either because they're not going to grow. They have to go through the pains to grow themselves. Like, we've all had to go through those pains. 
So they have to kind of do it themselves. I've done it before. We had a conference in Barcelona a few years ago and I paid for some people to come. And during the conference, I couldn't find them and it was because they went to the beach. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was furious. <laughs> that is And uh, they, they're that's obviously epic. not in the business anymore. They didn't, they didn't value it, but they were happy. And I just feel like that was such a strange thing to do. Like, I would never abuse someone like that. It was just really odd. But there are yeah. some funny well, people you know, in the world as well. Well, you know what that is? The difference is you can gift a leader a 3%er, an action-oriented, motivated, grounded, high-character individual you can gift them things and they'll make the most out of it because they come from gratitude and respect. The average person, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, um, they don't parlay gifts that way. They take them for granted. They don't appreciate them. It's a waste. And those, you know, you might call it the difference between a 95%er and a 5%er. A 5%er is a great investment. A 95%er actually needs, part of their journey needs to be them triumphing over their struggle. They have to have the struggle. The struggle is what turns them into a 5%er. If you don't gift yeah. them the struggle so that they can work through it, have the opportunity to work through it, then never become a five percenter. And, and I know all of us have made this mistake. We think, well, you know, I'll help somebody and that'll make them a five percenter. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just, it's a waste of, of money and energy and, and expectation, and then you feel horrible about it, and then you resent it, and then you're angry with them, and it's just a mess. And so that's such a great lesson that you articulated there. What's the smartest thing that you've done in four years? Um, probably at the same, the same, um, probably the same thing, but with the right people, like gifting the right people from the right place there was a time after that happened I felt I felt like I was being taken um, the mick out of myself and I, I mean I this it kind of all happened after I had my daughter and I, when I had postnatal depression after I had my daughter and um, she's nearly three and so when that happened in this Barcelona instance it really hit me very personally and then it I went through this very it felt like a very long stage but I've only been in the business for four years it probably wasn't Nowhere near as long as I think it was. <laughs> where I um, where I wasn't trusting people then because I felt like everyone was taking the mick out of me, and I, it, it all kind of happened at the same time. So then there's probably been people in my business um, that haven't had that kind of love from me because I thought that they were going to abuse it. But thankfully, powered through. I have an incredible team as well, and we do lots of things together. And um, you know, we I, we I do lots of like retreats, and I get big sort of mansions in the country and we just chill for the weekend and I like giving back that way and yeah, I've, never regret, I've never regretted it for the right people <laughs> that's uh that's brilliant so 
I want to give people a couple things. So those of you that are listening, um, if you want to share with uh, Sinead what you have learned from her and share with other people what you have learned for her, go to blissbusiness forward slash chat and tell us what you got from it. I'm sure there's an opportunity for you to win some free books there if you do that, but the most important reason to do it is what you get from this might be a huge contribution to somebody else that got something else. So give to your fellow man and woman and tell them about the nugget that you got. But I want all of you to know, um, here's some stats for the record, just so you can get clear about what that Sinead's not just talking about, you know, she's excited and she's all over social media and she's serving people and she's helping people and she's working hard. She's produced results. A hundred personally sponsored people her first year, a hundred personally sponsored people her second year, 50 people her third year, looks like 50 people her fourth year, fourth year a total of 300 people. And she has... 20 out of those out of those 300 people she has 20 leadership legs 20 lines front to her that are building and over 5000 active distributors and get this 200,000 customers that's the magic of geometric progressions just fill that pipeline with enthusiasm and opportunity and giving people the chance to step up and embrace their struggle and work through their struggle. And every once in a while, you might sponsor a 5%er, somebody that doesn't need to struggle. They just go crush it. And then you fan the fire for a couple of years, and you end up with 5,000 people like you. So if you look at the four-year career, 4, 16, 64, 256, 1,024, 4,096 at your fifth generation, that's how you get 5,000 people. If you don't get them, you just put, put them in the pipeline. Just put them in and give them an opportunity and love on them and inspire them and encourage them and don't enable them. Let them struggle. Let them figure it out. Most of them won't. But if you end up with 20 personally sponsored leadership legs, my gosh, you build an empire. And Sinead's empire does between, on, on, on the soft months, a million a month in sales, and in the more active months, two million a month in sales. And, you know, that's a business that's worth, you know, five or ten million dollars. It's enormous. And and I know, Sinead, you know this, but just if you just think about it, you know, you've only been doing this four years. You've really only had geometric progressions working for you for probably 18 months. Where do you see this going in the next five years? What do you see well, your organization you growing say, into? At the beginning, you mentioned Jeff. So obviously, Jeff is an, an industry legend. And yeah. um, when I was, I was – having dinner with him last year and he asked me the same question and I was like, you know the answer, Jeff, I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm coming for you. 
Well, he and just, he's absolutely he just, all he's do is laugh about that because you're never going to catch him. <laughs> no. But it's I really feel like it's do you know what it's just a business that there is there's just so much potential. And you know what it's funny because I always think about this aha moment and I I, I feel like I've had like two major aha moments. Um and that's what really kind of drives me forward. But there just is there's there is just so much potential. That's like in five years time, it could be anywhere. Like I have twenty leader legs. I'd love a hundred. I know it's not been done, but why why not? It's not impossible. It's hard work. But I'm not afraid of hard work. And someone might listen to that and think, Oh, that's ridiculous, but it's fine, you can watch me do it. And it's just one of those things, like it's we have the most we have so much opportunity right now. And one of my one of my biggest aha moments was when I found out I was pregnant because I kept thinking what kind of parents do I want to be? You know, what kind of mums do I want to be? I want to see my child. And my mum is one of my role models. And she worked, you know, three, four jobs at a time to, to give us a good life. And we have this right at our fingertips. And then people say to me that they're too tired and they can't be bothered. I'm like, bothered for what? Like, if I think of people like yourself or Jeff, who used to drive, you know, hours and hours to different meetings, to in-homes, and the people now, you know, you can have... Like this, a conference on a call or on Facebook. Like it's, it's, it's embarrassing, really, the amount of opportunity that we have that people don't grab. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you I don't know if you've ever had the chance to interview Jeff or listen to him tell the story of what it was like to build pre-internet. I mean probably a lot of the people on this call don't even know what pre-internet life looks like. <laughs> but, you probably know, there not. was, yeah, there was no, this is for the U.S., there was no UPS or FedEx. There were no, you know, calling the company up or going online and paying with a credit card. Most companies in the 70s and 80s didn't even take personal checks you had to go get a cashier's check and send it to the company, and your, your product came on a truck. It came on a pallet because you couldn't buy a box of product. Nobody shipped stuff that way. And, you know, there were no conference calls, and there were no cell phones, <laughs> and everything I know, was done, it's you know, with a pick and a shovel. And I know that Jeff, has, has, you know, he probably has a hundred stories under his belt about driving three or four or five hours because somebody told him they'd have a room full of people. And he got there <laughs> and, there's, and there's nobody. And so for those it's of you that wild. are in the post-internet era, what Sinead is talking about here is just really profound. You just want to recognize the opportunity that you have to build such a huge business, you don't even have to get out of your pajamas. I mean, you know, you can do so much without investing money or without investing so much time and travel. And you, you, you have an extraordinary opportunity. And I, I think oftentimes, Sinead, that, because we have so many tools today that technology provides us, we, the, the, the struggle 
it's not the same struggle. And, you know, sometimes people miss the opportunity because it's just too simple and easy. And yet, of course, it's yeah. not to build what you built. It's not easy. But um, great stuff. It's just really, very different. Really... It's definitely, it's just different, you know. Like, I, we, we, I had this conversation even just with Jeff. Like, we, we, we launched um, into Dubai a few months ago, and I was like, yeah, I have a friend in Dubai. I messaged her on Facebook, and he's just like, you know when I launched into Germany, I moved there. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I had to actually go. <laughs> He's so right. He's so right. Yeah. It's like that's just not even it's just not funny like how much opportunity we have that people don't really take like they just don't they just take it for granted. They just really don't grab it, you know? And that's why for me I just grab it. Like I'm like let's go. Yeah, you are a, you are a remarkable spirit. You uh as the word you used which is obviously a UK word. Is you were keen, and you know how I would. <laughs> Do you not say keen? That. Uh, well, you know, it's not really a US word. I mean, we we know that word, but we don't really describe ourselves. Oh, does it mean ourselves. something completely different? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a good word. It's it's a good word, but you know, you know, you sound like Sinead, one of those people that. Uh, was just so ready and so grateful. And you said you're not afraid of hard work. And you know what? A lot of people are. A lot of people, you know, I think probably the challenge we have in, in, in the developed countries of this world is, you know, you don't have to embrace opportunity. You don't have to go for the gusto. You don't have to go build an empire because life's pretty good without it. I mean, nobody's starving to death on this call. Everybody on this call has a place to sleep <laughs> and probably has a heater in their house. And um, So you miss opportunity that way. So a uh, couple of final things, Sinead. So, um, you know, I like to think about people on this call. Most of the people on this call, my guess is, uh, are at some point in their career uh, in their struggle and You know, hats off to you, those of you that are on this call that are in somewhere in your struggle that you're here on the call as opposed to curled up on the couch in the fetal position complaining about life not delivering to you. You're here looking for your defining moment, looking for your epiphany. And they always come on a conference call, on a webinar, on a Zoom, or most of them come at an event. Um, you know, they, they come when we sort of get out of our own way and we let other people in and we let other people tell stories and, and the lights come on for us. And so, Sinead, there's people here that are in that struggle. They need a defining moment. They need an epiphany. They need a breakthrough. They need the lights to come on. And there's going to be people, you know, six months from now, maybe six years from now, somewhere in the world listening to this podcast because they're timeless. What would you say to those people if you only had a couple of minutes, if you were the last person to ever have a shot at thumping their bowl, like giving them a wake-up call, like giving them their defining moment, what would you say to them? You are their last gasp 
of opportunity to make this happen, how would you shift them? I would, I would honestly, I think I would have to start with understanding that it can be hard. Like, I, I, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm laughing and I'm saying it's, you know, it's fun and I'm excited. It can be hard, but, you know, hard is what we, we define it to be. And the same way success is what we define it to be. Like, I've had a great few years. I'm not finished. <laughs> like, you define these things yourself. Hard can be whatever you want it to be. For me, it's, what, three in the morning. I'm, I haven't slept yet. I have a three-year-old. So I'll be sorting her out before I leave in, in a few hours to travel five hours to a Tony Robbins event, which I'll probably be awake for till tomorrow night, but that's a choice. And I'm really grateful to have that choice because hard is what you make it and you can pick your hard. In our business, everything, there is so, there are just resources everywhere. Like you don't even have to really travel that much. Like I would recommend going to every event ever because they're the best. But you know, you really could just like teach yourself and develop yourself and you can pick that hard. Like, that hard, that's not even hard. Like, picking up a book isn't hard. You know, going to an event to meet some people who are like-minded is not hard. Being broke is hard. And not being able to afford Christmas or give your children the presents that you want to give them, that's really hard. You know, it's, it's really picking that hard for yourself and understanding that you are the person who, you know, has to fix that. No one's going to fix it for you. It's up to us always. And whatever happens in our life, previous to, to everything that's happened to us now, you know, there's always someone who's worse, worse off and life happens to everybody. So picking a hard is definitely your thing. Like everyone has to pick their own hard and decide what it's worth. Um, and then on that, I would also add like really have a very, very strong why that moves you. Like not just uh, my children are my why, that's not a thing. <laughs> I, I say this a lot. I get... I get in trouble for saying this when I, when I talk to my team because I have lots of amazing women in my team, lots of them are mums. And I say, you know, your children, is not, your children are not your why because you love them anyway unconditionally. You're going to do the absolute best that you can anyway. You need to find something that really moves you to the point where you will get up an hour earlier if you need to. You will travel to an event if you need to. Like, make them a priority. And for me, one of the things that I did to really focus on my why was when... I wrote down all the things that were really important to me in my life at the moment. And I do this every couple of months. And then I decide how I want to add value to those relationships or to those things or to those people. And then I decide that that is the plan that I'm working ahead and that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, I, five months into my business, I went full time with Juice Plus. Five months after my, and then I got to the top of a compensation plan while I was pregnant because I made a choice. And being pregnant is really hard as well. But again, you pick your hard. And then five months after my daughter was born, um, like I retired my boyfriend, and now he's got his own juice plus business, which is amazing as well. Because you know my why changed. Like I, before that, I was only focusing on me, what kind of mum I wanted to be. I never even asked him what kind of parent he wanted to be. And then because of the business and because of the fact that I work hard, um, we get to do everything we've ever wanted. You know, we've, we've buying property, we've travel. We spent twelve months travelling with a one-year-old. 15 countries because we you pick your why like you pick your hard and there really is no one else that's going to do it for you but you and it's that that's kind of i think people expect there to be you know this a secret and that really is it you pick your own hard that's brilliant is that yours jeff 
Did you read that? I love that. I, I definitely read it. I definitely read it. Definitely somewhere. <laughs> so speaking of reading, uh, Sinead, what, what are some of the resources, whether they're podcasts or blogs or books or audios or, or just people, what would you, what are, you know, two or three or four of your favorite that you could recommend to people that might give them that defining moment, that personal development self-belief awareness moment? You know, I, I obviously I love your books, obviously. I, I did a Facebook <laughs> Live about them the other day. <laughs> Thank and, you. Um, I, I'm a big fan of um, at the app of uh, Compound Effect, just understanding kind of, it just blows my mind. And, it all, and I feel like I've watched it happen in my business and then it's, I'm watching it happen in friends of mine's businesses, in our company, in other companies. Um, so those definitely go pro with Eric, obviously. Um, yep. But one of my favorite books is um, The Outliers. Have you read it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I love The Outliers. I feel like that's what your podcast is, by the way. I feel like you are finding the outlier in the, in the industry and what kind of the uniqueness of us all. That's something. So, there must be something between everyone that's a bit, a bit unusual. Um, but I love stuff like that. It just makes me think about people. Like I, and I'm, I'm just obsessed with, with people generally, like just to find out, you know, what it is that makes people tick and what are the, you know, what are, are people's motivations? Because in, in everything, that's kind of where we are here to help, whether it's our business, our product, our friendship, um, or just by motivating someone to allow them to live their dream life, whether it's nothing to do with our business or not is such a gift that we have anyway. Um, yeah, I read a lot, actually. I probably read one or two books a week. Wow. Well, you just said something there you. that, uh, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the people that I interview, Sinead, is they are all different. They all come from different places. They're all in different companies. They have different stories. Some people like you, this is their first company. Some people, it's their sixth company, and so they have five nightmares before they find home. And, you know, they have all kinds of struggle and all kinds of challenges. But one of the things that I find consistent in all the people that make this work, I mean, there's other things, certainly. They hit the ground self-motivated. They're, but you just spoke something that's a common theme in almost everyone, and that is that they have an innate curiosity about people and that curiosity extends unconditionally whether the person is a candidate for their business a customer uh, it's not about being curious about them so that you can find out how you're going to get them in the business it's curiosity about them because you're just curious about people you're fascinated. You love the stories. You love the different, you know, struggles that people have, the different whys, the different motives, and what that allows you to do and other people like you is be present for people in an unconditional way. It's not about answer all these questions so that I can slam you into the business when you give me the right answer. It's Tell me who you are because I love people and I'm fascinated and I'm curious. And 
you know, if you stay in that conversation long enough with somebody, they'll tell you exactly what they're looking for in life that they haven't found yet. And maybe they're ready mm-hmm. to do something about it, and maybe they're not. But you just spoke one of your great gifts there that I trust people will pay attention to. And you know what? If you're not naturally curious, if you find yourself being one of those people that, you know, you're not that interested in other people, well, that could be a wake-up call for you because network marketing, doesn't matter what product you sell, we're in the people business. We're in the motivating people business. We're in the serving people business. We're in the coaching business. And, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road there. You've got to be fascinated by people, whether they get in your business or not. You've got to be willing to dive in and find out who they are and what makes them tick and what they're afraid of and what they're passionate about. And you've got to be willing to be disappointed by them. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be that's, willing to that's, do that's all true. of that. That's <laughs> true. You know, as well, I feel like with people, like you either have – in life there are either people who join your business, love your products, or they just become like your unpaid sales force. And they just still sell you. Like if you're interested in them – they will sell you, not your product or your business, you. So then if yep. they ever meet someone who wants to know anything that you might be able to help, they will refer you. I have people who add me on Facebook all the time. So I'm like, and I, it looks like I have no friends. In I had one woman who signed up to Facebook to find me, to then join the business because a friend of hers at work mentioned me. Like, really weird, weird things, but it happens all the time. I've had people come up to me, in the supermarket because they recognized me from a post that one of their friends had shared. Like, people are, surprisingly, you know, people out there are nice. Like, they want to help most of them, want to help you. And if you're interested in people enough from a, a really, like, just from just loving people, then you will get this unpaid sales force that just kind of help you along as well. And they may never join your business, and that's okay. <laughs> like, not everyone has to. It doesn't, you know, if someone doesn't want to join your business, it doesn't mean that they're just, you know, they've died or anything. Like, they're still there. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. if you treat, I love, if I love you treat them right, if you treat them right and it's authentic and it's unconditional, like it's obvious that's just who you are, whether they sign the dotted line or not, they're on your sales force. They're a champion for you. They'll help you. They'll speak well of you. And that's part of your sales force. Whether they're in your genealogy or not, it's all part of your movement. It's all part of how you roll in life. And those people that give and serve and love and have fun and let go of the outcome and just fall in love with the process, they get wealthy in network marketing. Well, Sinead, we're at the hour. Um, sometimes I turn the tables with people if uh, we only have a couple of minutes, so I'll have to be brief. You got a question for me that you're curious about that I might you be able to? You actually had my power question. What? I've already asked it. You've already answered it. <laughs> My first question was, because you've interviewed so many people, what do you think is is a common trait? That was my question. I already had it ready written down because I know that you spring this on people every now and again. Um, so I, I can't think of another one. 
It took yeah, me a while well, to think of that one. I thought it was such a good one. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I did answer it then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's lots of, there's lots of common things, uh, but one that might be a little bit unique that people just don't think about is the people that do well in network marketing are selfless people. They're not the people – I mean, there's some. You can – you know, if you're if you're an ego-based person, if you're all about you, if you're about getting from other people, if you're in a company that has that kind of culture, sure, you can yeah. climb your way to the top and you can buy your Lamborghini and look like a fool for a few years. But <laughs> I don't I don't I don't have anything against Lamborghinis, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, but the people that are legends, the people that sleep well at night, the people that have true residual income are people that are selfless. And, you know, the, the, and it's, it's not based on whether or not people get in their business or their customers. They just love people. People are fun for them. They're fascinated by people. They're curious about people. And push comes to shove, they'll, they'll give before they take every time. And that's a common denominator. And if you find yourself to not be that way, folks, what's missing is not your character. It's just, it's an abundance mentality. It's all personal development based. People that love themselves, people that respect themselves, people that are at peace with who they are, that embrace their authenticity, their uniqueness, they don't need to take from other people. They're whole. They're complete. They're a, they're a powerful spiritual human being. They're a gift to other people. And, you know, they just sort of intuitively know that. So in the presence of other people, they don't need to dominate the conversation. They don't need to show off. They don't need to be right. They don't need to do all the talking they tend to ask a lot of questions and listen and laugh. And, you know, you can all get there by going to work on you. And, you know, how do you do that? Study it. I mean, it's just one of the most magical gifts that's out there for all of us is, like Sinead said, everything we need to learn about who we are, how the world works, uh, we can learn. There's experts out there that can teach us that. You could just immerse yourself in, in listening to someone. You can go to workshops. You can go to seminars. You can, you know, if you hang around, you know, one of the assignments that I give people that are, that are stuck is I say, okay, who are the top 10 most successful people that you admire and respect in your company? And what I want you to do for the next 30 days is track them down, make powerful requests, do whatever you have to do, and interview them. Interview the top 10 people in your company. And if they've already been interviewed, just grab that interview and study it. Listen to how they think, how they feel, how they see the world, and just make that, instead of watching the news, CNN or BBC or whatever people watch, instead of listening to your negative friends or your family, instead of probably, instead of listening to you, because we're our own worst enemy, listen to people that have got on top of the power curve in life and are loving life and let them program your heart. And you, you will rise 
to their level. You'll get that peace. You'll get that confidence. You'll be able to be in the presence of another human being and not take but give. And that's the common magic that I see in people that do extremely well in network marketing. Sinead, you are, um, you are an absolute treasure. I can't wait to meet you. And I'm, I'm, I look forward with great anticipation to your story four years from now. It's going to be enormous because you're just getting started. And next time you see Jeff, give him a big hug for me. And uh, we're going to unmute the lines now so everybody can shower you with gratitude. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course, his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 With Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.